Welcome to the Power of a Woman podcast. This podcast is centered around helping you reclaim and finding yourself as a woman, connecting with how you want to feel in your life and body, and changing the narrative on not only how we approach health for women, but also how we treat ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves. I'm so grateful you're here. Let's dive in. Welcome. I am here with Amanda Rollert. She is a business mentor and coach, a mom, grandma, and she has many years of experience of a woman who has found her power, has had some perseverance, and I think she has a lot for us to learn from today. So I'm going to let her introduce herself, what's gotten her to where she is now, and say hello. Hi, Brooke. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Yes, I'm excited. Oh, I forgot to mention that she has a Southern accent, which is my favorite. All of my family is from Alabama. So Southern accents always just make me feel home. <laughs> well, come on down. We it, Life is good in Texas. So thank you again for having me on the show today, Brooke. I guess if I was going to start, I'll try to do the Reader's Digest version here of what's led me on my journey to where I am today. I got started really as a teacher. I have about 30 years in the both private and public sectors teaching. I coach as a director, left that for a time, worked corporate, was a sales and marketing uh, director, had great fun on the road, really working the whole Southwest region of the United States. So working with companies, working with C-level folks and uh, doing a lot of project managing and, and sales and opening up some pretty interesting times and always came back to education kind of ventured off and gosh, for the past, I guess, eight to 10 years have been doing that and really kind of spent some time opening virtual schools, uh, spent some time really setting those up, working with, you know, top level executives and uh, really laying foundations for their business, for their growth and for their academic and operational teams. So that's a little bit about my past. I've been a chief of staff, you know, director working with people. I think it kind of happened organically. It's kind of where I naturally found myself, you know, some people ask, what method do you use as you start to work with clients and folks? And it actually happened organically. And I always go back to the foundation of I'm a teacher, I am a coach. And as a coach, and I coached volleyball. So, you know, I always said the data doesn't lie. You know, we have goals, we have plans, but we look at the metrics, we look at the analytics, and that tells us the story of how we performed. In our mind, we may think we did great, right? Yeah. But the data shows that we're strong here. We're a little weak here. We need to keep doing certain things in a certain way there, but it, it really kind of happened organically. And I kind of applied those same principles to do everything that I've done. A lot of times I ended up coaching people off the ledge, co- coworkers, colleagues, you know, her, who were burnt out or said, I'm done. And really after a while, really helping them understand that there is a place and their place has value and they're part of a team that has value. And, you know, so all that kind of happened organically and I really enjoy the work that I do. As you said that, when you said talking people off the ledge, that resonates so much, <laughs> I think right now, right? Given the workforce and given yeah. where people are at, what do you see now in the last few years and what your advice be to someone compared to before? Especially going through what we've just gone through with the pandemic. I came at it actually from a a very interesting lens, probably unlike most people, but here was my lens. Over eight years ago, I actually dipped into virtual education. Now, 
virtual education 20 years ago when the University of Phoenix, when you were going after a post, you know, another degree or advanced degree, that wasn't even seen as, you know, oh, that's not a real degree. And now every college and university is doing it. You can always find a way online, but it really hadn't grown roots into the K-12 arena. So when I got into virtual schools and we're talking completely virtual schools, you know, over almost nine years ago, I guess now it was a big thing, but it wasn't a recognized thing, even though it was kind of like, oh, that's, you know, that's not really real. You can't really do what you can do. And we call brick and mortar. You know, you walk through the doors and there's your school. The truth is you can, and you can be highly successful. So as we begin to chip away at that image or that vision or that persona of what that looked like here along, you know, in 2020, we get, you know, this pandemic and everybody had to flip on a dime to homebound and working virtually and seeing what you can do. Now, some people, like we were poised for it. You know, the work that I did with the companies that I worked for, we never missed a beat. Yeah. We found ourselves educating those that needed to understand how does Zoom work? How does Teams work? You know, how do these platforms work and what kind of functionality can you do and how can you be successful? So we did that quite well. And then I think the other thing that I'm seeing now is when we're coming out of it, people are still realizing exactly how productive people can be in the business industry from home and working from home. Now that does have some impact on commercial real estate. It has some impact on those kinds of things. But, you know, from a company standpoint, my job is I kind of come in and say, how can we save money? We can actually save a lot of money on that, you know, that rental space or whatever, or streamline it down to a place that you actually see the ability to be productive from working from home. Now it's not for everybody. I have horror stories. I have times that I can tell you that some people, you know, just can't manage their own time very well. And so it's not the best thing. But I think given a certain parameters and given certain pathways and certain accountability streams, which is another thing that I do with working with, you know, tracking tools and things that you can make sure that you're effective, efficient. So that's kind of a longer answer, but that's really what I see through the lens of the pandemic. You know, it's funny you say that too, because before the pandemic, from my industry, right? We saw a lot of people who were spending so much time stressed out, missing time with family, not able to be present, you know, constantly sitting in traffic, which is a chronic stress itself when you have those kinds of commutes and things. And, you know, there's a good and bad, but at the same time, it kind of took some of that away for people. And it gave people a little bit more flexibility to be able to be present in certain areas of their life that they were never able to be present in before. And I think, companies have started to see too how much more productive their employees can be when they are and when they've had the fulfillment and things from other areas of their life they're showing up and that aspect and being more productive and getting things further than they ever did before it's so true i would love to insert this here because what you said is very profound is that employers are seeing their employees, their staff in a more, I'm going to use this word, but I'm going to explain it in a more holistic way. Well, prior to whatever you did for your air quotes job, that part sucked that part of out of you, right? That was the only relationship that you truly most likely had from an organizational approach down. Most people don't engaged to the level, except your linear coworkers and colleagues that know you and may know a little bit about your family. Most people don't until we entered into this pandemic era, 
you know, organizations and businesses that are actually seeing the employee for the first time through a lens of a holistic approach. And that's actually one of the things that I love to do with the podcast that I do is look at the person in five areas, you know, their mind, their body, their family their community, their finances. Usually that one piece was finances. That was the only piece that was ever centered, you know, around. And hopefully we'll talk about it today. But, you know, if that's the only piece, it's going to get a bolt or it's going to get a flat tire. And then you're going to have ramifications because of that. So I think that's a really good point. So your podcast, Living the Salt Life, what does that mean? And what kind of led you to taking that approach? The podcast is about SALT and SALT is an acronym, stands for Supporting Abundant Living Today. And It's through the Amanda Rollert show and we focus on a topic every week and whether it is about our healthy mind, our healthy body, our healthy family, our healthy finances, healthy community. So this actually happened organically as I began through my career. This really resonated when I was an educator as an administrator, really. If you're a teacher, a teacher in the state of Texas or a teacher in general, you know, retirement comes after 20 or 25 years or so. And some people put in longer time, some people less, but you can't get retirement until you have invested that amount of time. I was finding that staff members by year eight to 10 burnt out, nothing left in the tank, just showing up. Now, not everybody, obviously you have those that love what they do and do what they love, but people had lost there. And this is where I coined the phrase salt. You know, what is salt anyway? I asked myself that because that was something that meant something to me. You know, salt is the spice of life. I mean, you know, the Bible says, if you've lost your salt, what good are you to anybody or anything? You might as well be, you know, thrown on the ground and trampled underfoot. In ancient times, I'm a history buff. So that's where I got my start. You know, ancient mariners, I mean, they traded, salt was traded as a commodity. It has value. So I wanted to place value and put value back in the lives of those that I worked with. And I did a crazy thing when I was an administrator one year. And I just said, I've recognized this as an obstacle, but every obstacle, you know, is an opportunity. And so I came up with a crazy idea. I'm going to create these pods basically of my staff. I had over 200 folks that I wanted to get to know and get them to know each other and interact. And so I built this structure for my PD for my PLC time within my school, my staff got to join according to their drivers, what they what resonated with. And I had these groups that they got to self-choose. And then I led them through these exercises and the results were, they were more amazing to me, but they were so amazing to the staff is that they actually got to purposefully meet with peers, some that they had never met before, enjoy what they were learning from each other. We did salt maps and grains of salt and takeaways. And they actually, these groups began to meet outside of regular PLC time. They actually got to do fun things together. They planned trips and things just because they had the opportunity to meet and actually talk about life and their living and what they're doing and how they're actually, Brooke, I know you do so much with you yeah. know healthy bodies and healthy nutrition and that stressor. And so they found ways to relieve stress within that community. So it was a crazy idea that turned into this longevity and actually that has turned into salt talks. Everything you're just describing makes me think of the word connection. You know, we spend so much time maybe disconnected 
from ourselves, from our life, from our work, from, you know, those things. And even with teachers, right, they get to a point where they feel disconnected from the process and what they're doing. And you kind of rebuilt that connection within it, which transferred into so many different areas. And it's human nature for us to need that connection. And I don't know if that's what you actually intended or not, right? But that's a huge aspect that can come out of those things. And I think, you know, talking about the last couple of years, a lot of those things that I think people needed was connection. And they found it in certain areas and we lost it in others. But I think it's so much more powerful than we realize. Because we're not in isolation. Our living is not in a silo. You know, I like to think of it as a wheel. So in my world for the Amanda Rollins show, it's like five areas. There's a spoke for healthy mind, a spoke for healthy body, one from, you know, family, finances and community. And if everything is functioning in balance, you're rolling down the road. That wheel is turning just fine. But if one area gets, you know, a bulge because it's too much, maybe, you know, you're having to spend too much time at work, or maybe you are, that's where the bulge is. It's either going to blow out, you know, then you're going to have to repair it to get back on the road. Or, you know, maybe family's suffering because of work or maybe your body. And a lot of times, let's be honest, it's probably going to take its toll on the body because we're stressing ourselves to the max. We're not replenishing. We're not taking care of ourselves. And that's when I call, you're going to get a flat. And you know what? Either way, it's going to stop you in your tracks and you're going to have to deal with that. So you might as well try to do what you can to stay in balance. So you don't have blowouts and flats because either way, it's going to take you away from rolling down the road, doing what you need to and want to do. This is so true in so many areas, right? You know, in your world, that's what it is. And then in my world, it's looking at the hormonal health, you know, the nutrients, are you moving your body? Are you drinking water? Same. Are you balancing stress, right? How are all those things aligning with each other and taking a holistic approach to how you're doing anything, I think is the biggest thing to take out of it, right? When one area of your life or your body or any of it is out, eventually those other areas are going to get impacted. I think we can't approach anything that we do in silos. I love the phrase, how you do anything, it's how you do everything, right? Your habits in how you treat your work or your home life or your nutrition or any of that are the same habits you're taking into other areas of your life, but maybe just transferred in different ways. So true. When it comes to women, what would you say being someone who was a mom and now a grandma and having a very successful career through all of those things, what were some of the things that you found to support you and to help you keep that holistic approach through those times? I have been in balance and I have been out of balance and obviously balance is best. But I think as a woman, there's a lot of things that we have to... I don't want to say overcome, but we have to appreciate and move through. We can't always move around things. We have to move through them. And I think that's where the growth happens. Obviously, you know, growth happens when we get squeezed a little bit, right? And we have to think about who it is that we are. And I love, I love that you dedicate, you know, your podcast to feminine grit We are strong. We have strong minds and we're so powerful as women. And as women, we're taught to multitask because, you know, history shows that we have the children and we're raising the children and we're ushering them to school and picking this one up for this practice and taking that one to this practice. And we're doing the potluck at the church and volunteering here and and we get it all done. We spin all the plates and we bounce all the balls. 
and it happens, but we're really good at it. So we need to continually praise that, not minimize that skill and not look at it as a deficit, look at it as a, this is a superpower. It is a strength that women have and to hone in on that. And it's okay because we're naturally inclined that way. And I'd also say in terms of confidence for women, and this is something I found throughout my career, be you. Don't be somebody else because you're the best version of you. We can't mimic others because that's not genuine to who we are. And I'll give you an example. Throughout my career, I've had a lot of bosses. I've had a lot of colleagues. I've had a lot of people. And maybe they were trying to be helpful, but I've had somebody tell me that I'm not allowed to wear heels around them because I made them look little. And I'm a tall person and with heels, I'm even taller. And that was, I think, really more their misfunction, not my own, but that was a confidence or a lack thereof in their life. But I think the one that resonated with me the most, and you actually kind of brought up my accent at the beginning of the podcast is I was told that if I was going to be at this certain you know, level in the company, I needed to change my voice when I was leading a meeting because my voice was not going to resonate confidence and I would not be able to grab sales, meet quotas, actually move our company in the direction that they wanted it to go. And I remember after receiving that, I thought to myself, if I had allowed that to sink into my subconscious and take root and grow, that could have really affected me. I think about how many people that this might be told to, that it's going to affect them the rest of their lives and their confidence. However, I had the blessing of going through some really great training 20 plus years ago. And you know, you let stuff like that just ping off. And if that person had done their research about me and actually had read my resume, they would have found out that I had led a division throughout the region of the United States. And I had completely turned around a company, brought millions of dollars back to a company that was actually going to close the doors within a 30 day period and went on to do some fantastic things, but they didn't realize that they didn't ask the questions. And then here's where God brings something back full circle to me. All these things happened years, years, years. Okay. Over the years, here's the thing that I was like, thank you, Lord, because it wasn't until I started the podcast that some of the feedback that I'd gotten from people who know me or people who want to drop a note or something and just say to me, I resonate with your voice. I don't know. There's something about your voice that it holds me. It's something that makes me want to listen. And so for that, I say, thank you, God, because, you know, we don't always understand. We don't know how we're perceived, but I had somebody tell me if you're going to be here, you're going to have to change your voice. I never did because I can't be somebody else. I can't pretend to be somebody else. So confidence in who you are, know who you are, know your boundaries, know the lines you draw. You will never go over this. This is your integrity. This is your character. This is who you are. And that's the power you can bring to an organization. That's the power you can bring to somebody's bottom line. Oh my God. When you just said that, it made me think of when I was in the corporate world, I worked for a larger fitness company for a long time and I had a corporate position and I was pregnant. And I remember one of our VPs and I were having a conversation about a next level in my career. He was close to my family. And I remember him saying to me, well, you're going to be a mom. You're going to have different priorities. Is this really what you want to do? You're not going to be as focused on this. And God, I don't remember at that moment, I didn't realize why it was rubbing me the wrong way so bad because I hadn't had a child yet, but obviously it's still with me now five years later and it's still with me. And every day in my business, there's at least like once a week, I think like, God, 
if he would have known what I could have done as a mom, right? We undervalued how much women are able to accomplish and get done. And if I would have let that sink in with me to think, well, if I'm going to be a mom, I'm not going to be able to do these different things. If I would have let that detour me in thinking that because I'm a mom, I'm not going to be able to accomplish the things that I want, then I wouldn't have what I have now, right? But how awesome is it at the same time that as a woman, we're given an intuition to know and to be able to move through that. And if you can truly step in and harness your power, it does come full circle and it's amazing, but you do have to, like you said, move through some of those things and kind of sit with that uncomfortable for a little bit. Absolutely. You know, something that you said makes me want to put an exclamation point behind that. And women sometimes think that they're not qualified to run a business or they're not qualified to own their own business or start something new just because of persona and and what's been messaged down through the past. And that is so not true. Women are so powerful. And like I say, a lot of times they see things from a different lens. I want to encourage the women out there that if there's something burning desire in your heart to start, it's there for a reason. That seed is there for a reason. So water it, look at it, you know, talk to somebody about it, discover it, you know, let it take root and let it grow. If a woman does want to start something, you know, if they have that burning desire, I've heard another coach say like, if it's in you, it's for you, right? So like, if you have this desire and you know that there's something just there for you, and that's what I was so happy I followed. I knew that there was just something there. I knew I needed to dig into something. When I started, I had no idea what I was doing. And if I didn't have someone mentoring me or supporting me, I feel like I would still be spinning my wheels. So for someone who does want to start, whether, you know, it obviously doesn't have to be virtual, but for a woman who does want to start or get into a certain position in their career, what would your advice be to them and how, or what would be the best place for them to begin? I loved what you said about if it's in you, it's probably for you. It's worth the investigation. Don't push it away because I will tell you something as I am, I'm going to call it a seasoned individual now. And that just means I'm a little older than you, Brooke. (laughs) (laughs) I have suppressed desires that I've had for 25 years that I knew was in me, my creative, because I thought, well, no, I have to do this and I have to do that. And there's always life happened. And I'm telling you at this age in my life, those are still there burning and wondering what if, what if. So what I would say to you is if you have those inklings, if you have those desires, if you have those wonderings, investigate them, not just at surface level, find out who you are. I know there's a lot of surveys, inventories. What am I good at? We usually know what we're good at. You know what your aptitudes are. You know where your heart is, but you may not know how. So I would say sometimes we can accomplish these things by talking to a close friend, a buddy, but you also have to, here's a caution. You have to be very protective of that. It's almost better to talk to a third outside unattached party because in all of our goodness and in our desire to help within our little circle, right? Of friends and family, sometimes we don't get the inspiration that we need or somebody may caution us with a negative and they don't mean to. And sometimes people do mean to because then you're moving out of a box. You're moving towards something and they're not moving too. So you've got to work and wonder about those things, but then you also have to just a third 
third party, a third person who doesn't know anything about you can ask you those difficult questions, can hold you accountable for those things that you say. I mean, you obviously want to know what drives you. What are you passionate about? What is your purpose? And then as you start to say, well, you know, maybe I want to, you know, design websites. I want to coach, you know, clients. I want to do financial portfolios, whatever it is out there, you know, you're attracted to it. So start to hone in on that, read up about it, investigate it, maybe join podcasts, but work with somebody who's going to charge you to finding that mission, that vision. You may even start to do a business plan. You know, what are your going to be your key performance indicators? What are your action steps? What are those goals you want to achieve? What are your mini goals, your micro goals, your major goals? And what would that business plan look like? And how do you start small? What would that look like? So that's what I would say, you know, try to educate yourself Don't be afraid. Don't think that you can't do it, but try to find somebody that will support you, that will believe in you, that will give you the wings to fly. Because a lot of times, I think I you know, said this at the very beginning, sometimes I was pushing, you know, talking people off the ledge is that they didn't believe that they had the capacity. And what I like to say is I'm a capacity builder. Sometimes I would see in my athletes a strength that they never knew they had. I saw in my direct reports, I saw in my divisions strengths that they didn't even know they had. And my love, my passion was to develop them. You know, let them go on to do great things somewhere else. I didn't want to hold them back. If they're going to need to be go running a division somewhere else, great. If this kid needs to be recognized in this place so they can get a scholarship or something else, so be it. I want to help you get there. You know, no barriers. You know, everything you're saying, I think... Women sometimes when they're stepping into something or if they are in a position where they're looking for more, they want to start a business, but they feel like it's very selfish, especially if you are a mom, especially if you have, you know, other aspects of your life that you're responsible for. I think women sometimes think like, well, this is selfish for me to go after this, or I should wait until this point of my life to go after this, right? You know, the kids are here. Now I can focus on myself and the things that I want. And to that, I say like, you need to do it now. I started this when our daughter was eight months old. Was it challenging? Absolutely. But there's never going to be a point where it's not challenging, right? It's always going to have a challenge. But the other thing, and the reason I say that is because if you have something in you, it's usually as a woman, I find a lot that women crave creating impact more than anything. And it doesn't say that men don't, right? But women crave impact in a different way. And imagine how much you could give back if you started that. And imagine how much impact you could be making as a woman, no matter what it is. I had a client who previously was a teacher and she wanted, you know, like you talked about with teachers reaching burnout and just exhausted. She wanted to create a business where she could support and impact teachers in a different way. And I was like, how necessary is that? Right. But she felt so selfish in doing that. And I said, think about the impact you could make in these teachers' lives, not just in their career, but what does that impact transfer into their personal life as a mom and other areas of their life too? So you're waiting that much longer on that impact you could be making too. It never goes away, Brooke. I'm sitting here telling you just that desire that is in you at your age and your time right now, it will not go away. And we can keep pushing it away, suppressing it, saying, I got to do this. It's kind of like having a child. There's never the best time. You just do it. You just do it. And you find the joy that those children bring to you. And you thought, gosh, if I hadn't done this, I'd be missing out. And the same thing is true. You want to birth an idea. You want to birth multiple ideas, create, co-create with the universe, co-create with God on an impact. If you impact one person at a time, you're still impacting. That person will go on to impact others. And the ripple effect is the same. So, you know, some people come out of the shoots and they're impacting thousands of people right out of the bat. Great. 
But if your journey is smaller, take the journey anyway. You will not regret it. The only regrets we have are the things that we look back and we say, I didn't do. Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody does want to get started, how would they connect with you, reach out to you for support? And how do you generally work with people? So you can reach out to me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Amanda Rollert Show, and that's at A-M-A-N-D-A-R-O-L-L-E-R-T Show. Or you can reach me email, which is Amanda Rollert Show at gmail.com. And I work with companies. I work with individuals. And if that's the journey that you're taking, let's take it together. I love that. I think I want to work with you too. <laughs> As I do you, Brooke, you are awesome. Human being. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to come on here with me today. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. What a great time and a great time of the year. It's the freshness of 2022. So I'm excited about all the things that are going to happen for the audience out there. Just happy to be along for the ride. Thank you. I will include where to find her and how to connect in the show notes so you can reach out when we're done. Awesome. Thanks, Brooke. Thank you. Bye, everybody. And that's it for this episode on the Power of a Woman podcast. If any part of this episode resonated with you, I would greatly appreciate you giving it a review, sharing it on your social media and tagging me for another woman who may need to hear it too. If changing the narrative is something you're ready to take action on, my coaching programs are set up to help you do just that. We will address the nutrition, movement, lifestyle, stress, gut health, and hormonal needs that you individually have as a woman so that we can help you feel your absolute best and own your power too. Connect with me on Instagram at Brooke Razzi or head over to my website at brookrazzi.com to learn more.